Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The main feature of the site allows you to actually influence the stuff we'll talk about on this program stuff that we could talk about on this program. You submit different uh, things of interest, whether it's a news article or blog post or video or whatever uh, that you think our listeners might enjoy. You submit it to the website, and then it'll uh, pop up on our upcoming stories page. You can then uh, Listeners can then vote up and down on the different stories there. And the, uh, the issues, or the items rather, that are the top voted will make it to the top of the website. And it's constantly being updated. Uh, freetalklive.com. We will take your phone calls tonight, as we always do, about absolutely anything. But I encountered a, a bit of a moral dilemma uh, today. And, and it may just be a bit of a moral dilemma. We'll see what you guys think about it. But it has to do with a situation up here uh, with the bureaucrats that they have these bail commissioners. And when somebody gets arrested for whatever, if they're not going to release them on no bail, they'll, uh, they'll call this bail commissioner in. And he gets up from his couch or wherever it is that he's sitting because you can tell he sits a lot. And You're saying he's fat? He's, not, he's out of shape. Let's say that. Okay. He comes down, got his little black bag. He comes in. And, of course, you're waiting, and he comes in, and he walks in, deals with some paperwork back in the back, comes back out, brings it out, and demands the bail plus $40. Now, the $40 is a bail commissioner fee. Now, I did not realize that this person does not get paid for this position. Apparently, there is zero salary for the position of bail commissioner. And so he asks for this $40 fee, and the activist who is paying the bail... Uh, just basically said he wasn't going to give it to him because according to some Supreme Court case, even in their own system, uh, you don't have to pay the bail commissioner fee. Now, I don't know what it's like where you live. This is how it is here in New Hampshire. But that's kind of yes, Sam. I, I just want to make one slight correction. You don't have to pay the bail commissioner's fee right then. Otherwise, it's the, the state's using its um, authority or basically keeping you in jail in order to pay this private individual. Yeah, but I mean, period. You don't have to pay it, period. It, well, but you have to justify to the court that I, I'm indigent or basically I can't afford it. And so that that's why you don't have to pay it. Okay, well, I didn't see, I didn't know about that. I hadn't heard about that. Brad Jardis, former law enforcement uh, officer, law enforcement against prohibition, he was uh, involved with them for a while. He had written an article about how you don't have to pay the $40 fee, that it's basically, the whole thing is a scam, mm-hmm. uh, that there's no, there's no obligation to do that. If you want to pay the bail, you can pay the bail, but you don't have to pay uh, this fee. And he wrote this article about it at uh, freekeen.com. So the activists, uh, including myself, decided to test this out today. And so he got the $250 bail because that's what Rich Paul, the guy who'd been arrested, wanted. One of the other activists who'd been arrested, he wanted the bail to be paid. But we weren't going to pay this bail commissioner. And so he went back with the 250 and then Rich Paul came out later and the bail commissioner ended up uh, walking out. And uh, so it turns out Rich Paul didn't know that you didn't have to pay the bail commissioner. So it's kind of where the, the story falters. Uh, he didn't know you didn't have to pay the bail commissioner. So he told the bail commissioner he was going to pay him. OK, so that's his thing. That's his aside. But presuming Rich Paul had decided to go ahead and not pay the bail commissioner, I guess my qua- uh, my moral quandary comes into the well, this guy is coming to the jail. Uh, he's not receiving a, a paycheck 
from the bureaucrats. In some cases, he may be performing a legitimate task, maybe with like a violent offender. Is there, should I be even feeling a moral qualm about not uh, paying this guy? I tend not to feel that way. Um, it's, you know, uh, if you make an extreme example, uh, you know, should should the guy who's executing the Jews be given, um, you know, his his stipend? Well, you know, I got a family to feed here and somebody's got to gas these Jews um, or, or yeah. whatever. Now, I, you know, so the, the question is, should somebody who's working within an immoral system and the you know, this this system that forces you to pay this bond or whatever is an immoral system. The bond system itself was originally set up to give somebody a reason to return to court. So um, in a court system where you are innocent until proven guilty, unless you are a flight risk, and that means they have evidence that you're a flight risk. that you would be a flight risk um i mean they, they should have to prove that you're a flight risk you understand i am yeah. innocent until proven guilty therefore i am not a flight risk until it is proven mm. that i am a flight risk so you're just trying to get extract cash from right has rich paul ever not shown up for court i, I don't, don't believe that he has um i, I don't think I, he said it was a, basically the reason why he was arrested today was a paperwork error is what he says was his understanding of the situation and the the, le- the, the legal system the judicial system just gives everybody a a bond and an ROR isn't the default, and it should be. So this guy, this bail commissioner, essentially makes 40 bucks on a $250 bond. Is $250 going to get anyone to return to court? I mean, if you don't want to go to court, is $250 going to be the thing that gets you to return? Probably not. No, $250 is throwaway money. It's just a way that this bail commissioner gets his 40 bucks. It's bull crap, well, and he shouldn't have gotten it. Would have been, two, it would have been 40 place. on top of the 250. Right. That's how he paid. gets his $40. Right. 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 If they didn't have a 250, it would have been ROR. He would have got zero. Mm-hmm. This is a way that the court system pays, rewards its friends, and punishes its enemies. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Mark. And here's the uh, I'm reading from Bradley Jardis's post on Free Keen. And this is the Supreme Court opinion says the bail commissioner must also inform the arrestees that if they cannot pay their fee at the time of setting bail, then uh, the fee may be paid over time or it will be waived for indig- indignant. What's Indig- that word? Indig- indigence. 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 Yeah. So what they're saying is that the the fee's not waived. It's it doesn't. You can't just not pay it. But if you if you can show what do you mean to you can't court, just not pay it. Of course well, you cannot pay it. You cannot pay it, but they're going to still say that it's due, and they may be able to pursue some kind of civil action against you to collect. I that didn't $40. ask for his services. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Right. I, I agree with you on that point. He has a monopoly on. I'm just service. saying the Supreme Court says no. You are still responsible for the fee unless you're really poor. Well, their and own the constitution to waive it. Their own constitution says that their justice is supposed to be free. And I don't, well, I, I don't know what the obligation is that uh, that I would have to fill out their indigency papers either in order to get that. Yeah, and it says so. here that they're supposed to be informing people that if you can't pay this fee, then and, and they're and not doing no, that. they're not doing that. They're saying, Heck, oh, no, you they're have not. the you have the two hundred and forty dollars, right? Because otherwise, I'm not going to do anything. So I mean, he wasn't nice. I'd, I'd seen the guy before, and he's one of those grumpy so old like the big 200-pound guy? He's big. 200 is big? This was the one who uh, I think tried to bail me out and threw a fit when I wouldn't sign his papers, and then they released me anyway. This, this one didn't like the fact that uh, David, who uh, was one of the activists, uh, who was kind of famous for getting arrested for sitting in front of a police car, yep. he was the one that was interacting. He paid the bail, and uh, when the bail bureaucrat uh, put the paperwork in front of David, 
then he just he wanted him to sign it right away without oh, even yeah. reading it. And David uh, said, "Look, you know, you're going to put something in front of me and ask me to sign it. I want to I want to read this thing." And that was very frustrating to this particular bureaucrat. Yeah. So David did go ahead and and, and well, sign he's it. Re- dealing with a lot of uh, illiterates, I can imagine that that's just not something he's used to dealing well, with. Well, and he gets the same 40 bucks whether he does this thing in 5 minutes and the people don't read the paper mm-hmm. or an hour and so a half. So he's in a rush to get back to his television papers. or wherever oh, yeah. whatever it is that he's doing. Uh, so, and so he wasn't nice, you know, he, he wasn't friendly. He, d- he wasn't in a happy mood, especially with the fact that uh, I had a video camera rolling on him the entire time. I don't think he, <laughs> he liked that very much. He pulled into the parking lot crooked, you know, and, and it's no, and, and I understand where he might come from and he might say for, uh, excuse himself by saying, well, you know, there's nobody around, which is true. The parking lot is large, uh, th- but he was right up front. Right up front in the parking lot, so the most used spaces is where he pulled up, and he just cut right across the uh, the line and, and took up two the the equivalent of two spaces with his huge this ginormous truck. I don't know what the model of it was, but it was a very expensive one of those large size trucks where you're going to spend fifty thousand bucks at least, maybe more like seventy five. I don't know what these things cost. They're very expensive because small trucks are expensive. This guy rolls up in this sweet, sweet ride. So, I mean, clearly he's doing well for himself. Anyway, there's more to uh, to the story here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But should I feel bad for not paying the $40 fee? I mean, this guy isn't helping anybody. 1-800-259-9231. He just pushes paperwork. It's Free Talk Live. What do you think? Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. You can get news updates, the latest about the show, in your email box, your Facebook profile, Twitter, uh, your choice. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's free, of course, news.freetalklive.com. More pressure at work. And at home, no time left to do what you want to do. No energy left to enjoy yourself anymore. Sound like you? Here's Mike Buck from Nature Beauty with a plan that'll change it in a hurry. Hello there, Mark. You know, you're right. In, in a quick hurry, Nature Bee's going to come along in the nick of time, recharge your battery, give you back your energy. You do all the things you want to do. Swim a few laps. Who knows? Jog around the park. Maybe a fun night out in the town. And better yet, Strong immune system, better sleep and digestion, and it's all from the natural support of the 27 vitamins and aminos and minerals and antioxidants you get in exclusively potentiated Nature Bee plant pollen. Pure, exclusive, organic vegetable food, two capsules a day, that's all you need. Potentiated. Now explain what that means and why it's important. Yeah, that's the 50-cent word of the day. Here's the deal. (laughs) Nature Bee's got a way to unlock the potential of the pollen, increasing the digestibility. We call it bioavailability. You absorb all the goodness. The other guy's 15 to 20%. Nature Bee, 90 to 95%. If you want max performance, you need Nature Bee, the super fuel. You know, uh, Nature Bee did a a great job with uh, helping me with my digestion. So how can listeners uh, get theirs? 
Yeah, that's the magic of Nature Bee, and it's really easy. It's going to save you a lot of money. Six months supply of Nature Bee, $99.95 plus delivery. We're going to give you three more months for free because you're listening to Free Talk Live. That's nine for the price of six with an unconditional, and I mean unconditional money-back guarantee. Now, to get this to your place, you call the Farm Gate in New Zealand right this minute, one 834 That is the toll-free. Once again, one 866 834-8355, or hang out with us online and then order at NatureBee. That's NatureBee.com. <laughs> Just like me, be all you can be. Call now at 866-834-8355 or go online to NatureBee.com. All right, as we continue, we take your phone calls about anything, 800-259-9231. So a little bit of a dilemma. I just felt a pang of conscience today. Yeah, I, I can see why it is. You, you can? Yeah, I, I do see it. I, um, You should uh, well, Right. Well, what happened was uh, this bureaucrat came out to uh, this bail commissioner. One of our friends had been arrested for some paperwork snafu, apparently. And so this guy comes out, sets a bail at $250 and demands $40 on top. Now, apparently, according to their own system, you don't have to pay for this. Uh, you don't have to pay these extra fees, these, just, these fees for justice, because there's some sort of uh, right to free justice i guess and the supreme court has apparently backed this up etc so the activists today didn't pay the fee and this guy got all huffy about it and he wasn't the nicest guy in the you know the whole world and certainly i don't think he's really performing much of a service i mean he's basically coming over putting a piece of paper in front of the arrestee having that person sign it and trying to get forty dollars out of them that's it generally does, really, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I highly doubt that it's it's that he. I, I think you're absolutely right that he rarely gets uh, someone who won't pay. And they're deceptive about the uh, the nature of the agreement. He's not going in and telling people now. You can pay me if you like now, or or you can try and get the court to pay me. But yeah, uh, I need forty dollars. <laughs> is what it, what it is. Yeah. And hey. but now but now one of the uh, my legal uh, eagles that I contacted about this says that uh, that. They only really serve a purpose is when there's a domestic assault, when they issue rules that one must follow to be released. And mm. I said, well, why can't the cops do that? I mean, the cops could do his job most of the time in that it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. The, the bail is set by the court. The cops write that in, fill out the piece of paper, hand it over. The, you don't have to call down a bail commissioner for most of these. But he says for domestic violence, it has to be that way because uh, the police, they can't issue terms for the court or something like that. Yeah, uh, the bail commissioner, what he's doing is evaluating the person. What they're supposed to do on paper anyway is evaluate the person. Are they a threat to the community? Can I let them out? Do we need to restrict firearms? Do we need to restrict uh, alcohol intake for this person? They they set all of those terms and then get the person to agree to them in order to to let them out. Yeah, he says they can't dictate terms of release as they aren't uh, as they are the ones who enforce them. It's one of those separation of powers things, right? Because right. this guy is completely separated from the police, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> if the police said, "Whoa, you don't want to let this guy out with uh, out, without uh, restricting his firearms and drinking and whatever else it is that they said," that he wouldn't do that, right? I mean, this, come on. This guy is in some way, this guy who gets doesn't get paid by the government, just gets his money for, for getting a $40 fee from somebody getting out of jail with a, you know, a, a bond that doesn't make any sense and, and as far as I'm concerned, concerned is immoral in, in many circumstances, isn't going to do just what the cops say. He comes and sees the cops every single day or mm-hmm. every other day or whatever, and he sees, uh, he sees these people getting out of jail just like the police do his meal as ticket. bad people. Yeah, yeah. they're his meal ticket and i i see your point but the uh, 
you know, they, they are not going to get paid and, and they are actually coming out and, t- you know, spending money to get out there and so forth. And at the same well, they time, should stop doing that. these are people who are, are leeching off of the system. They're being appointed by the judges to, right. that they're buddy-buddy with. And, you know, they're collecting this money. And, and uh, He bought his truck off the backs of poor people. Yeah. Because because the it's you know as well as I do that the people the police pick on in city after city, town after town, across the world are the people who can't afford to pay the fines and that sort of thing. They go after the poorest of the poor and or just poor people in general, lower middle class as well, because they know that uh, either they're going to be able to get to extract the money or if they can't pay it all at once, they'll get them on a payment plan and charge them extra. For that. So, so if we get the word out that this is the way it is, that you don't have to pay these people right up front, certainly, and, and maybe not at all, it's going to make it uh, not such a plush, comfy job to be a bail commissioner, and, and it's one more thorn in the side of the courts. So from that perspective, I think it's a, uh, a, a worthy endeavor to, to get the, the news out about this. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Uh, so if you've got anything you want to add to this uh, this discussion, I like I said, it was just a pang of conscience. <laughs> I didn't really feel like... Passing moment. Too like, bad okay, about that's it. over. <laughs> like, you know, dude, if you would just stop participating in this corrupt system where you're just extracting money from people all day and all night long who have not harmed others... Most of the time, you know that guy's getting called in there for a kid who got caught with some pot or something else. Well, that's not really something that he can entirely deal with. I understand that part. But the part about this... He can't deal with. He'd get called in for anybody that's getting bailed out. Right, but he can't deal with that part. It doesn't matter to him. The thing is, is that the system sets up this bureaucrat that gets paid sort of this plush salary. Mm -hmm. He he has a nice big truck from something. It's not a salary. It's It's a claim. According to the claim, it's all 40 bucks. Okay, so he gets this commission on people that are getting, getting tossed in the pokey that shouldn't have a bail in the first place. Yes. That you shouldn't have a bail if you're not a flight risk. That's the purpose of county jail. Because in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And you should be out unless you're a flight risk, unless mm-hmm. you're dangerous to the community. Those are the two reasons for a county, for someone sitting in county jail prior to uh, being, especially when uh, you know a speedy trial is considered nine months could you from the commission it? of the crime. But could you challenge it? Could you challenge the uh, the idea that they would even set bail for you in the first place, even within their system? Is that even even a possibility sure you can ex- uh, hire the expensive lawyer in which case you don't need it in the f- the, the bail yeah. the bail isn't the problem right toll free number is 800-259-9231 it's brought to you by SACL cai you can take control of the airwaves bring up absolutely anything there's a little bit more to the story we encountered somebody in the police lobby that i think was quite an interesting character at least uh, we'll share that with you here in a moment 800-259-9231 Oh, and our uh, paperwork, our propaganda was still in the police lobby after a full month. (laughs) Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
can join us on our website. We've got a shrine of female listeners there, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time and effort to send us their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of this program. Head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved at shrine.freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, for, but for whatever reason you can't be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. Go to cdevolution.org, especially if you haven't seen the brand new website. It looks sharp. And uh, Sam is here tonight from ObscuredTruth.com. Meg, who uh, works with you, created the new logo for the CD Evolution Fund, and it is awesome. Yeah, I really like it, too. So you'll see that if you go to CDEvolution.org. It looks great. Plus, the other excellent news is that we've got a brand new executive director, uh, Jason Talley, who we've had on this show a number of times. You may remember him from the Motorhome Diaries. Uh, he, formerly, he used to be the crasher-in-chief of Beer Crash. Formerly over there as well, yep. So he's very experienced at doing such executive-y, directory things. And so we're uh, pleased to bring him on board now that he's made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. You can see his smiling face over at cdevolution.org, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be learning more about him and what uh, where he wants to take the organization as he continues posting blog posts on into the future. So if, you, if you've got a blog aggregator, put cdevolution.org in there. You're going to see blogs blog posts at least every week, at least a couple times a week, as I understand it, uh, and keeping you up to date on the latest with what's going on with the civil disobedience movement the non-cooperation movement here in New Hampshire. I am pretty excited about where the organization is going. Of course, you know that we've been supporting Curtis recently, uh, one of our co-hosts on the show, and activist who was arrested for so-called marijuana distribution or something like that. A felony charge. He's willing to, to take it to court, but he doesn't have the money to do so, so the CD Evolution Fund is, is helping him out. And his, his fund alone has raised almost 40% of the goal. So you can help out. Go to cdevolution.org. All right, 800-259-9231. We did a little bit of civil disobedience today with uh, the bail commissioner refusing to pay the $40 fee. And uh, if more people stopped paying the $40 fee, it would probably be more likely that they would stop setting bail for people, right? You think? I, I think it would be harder for them to get bail commissioners and may force them into into a position where they have to, you know, change the way that they do things. In whatever way that means. I yeah, mean, maybe it'll get don't worse. Know what that is. It could get worse. Right. So, and, and it could, could, that could be the case with, like, the parking tickets. We've had people challenging parking tickets and scheduling trials and things like that. I just got a trial scheduled for no registration on my car, scheduled for... September 29th. (laughs) So it's five months away from now. Just to give you some idea of how loaded the court system is here in New Hampshire. Well, pretty much everywhere. Well, yeah. But from what I understand, the New Hampshire court system is so overloaded with uh, with cases that they they actually are shutting down the courts because it's getting to be too expensive for them. Yeah, I went to one of the task force meetings where they had Supreme Court justices in. And one of them said this is the worst that he's ever seen the uh, court system. And that was a year ago. Yep. So uh, now it's just, it's you know, it's getting worse and worse. They're having to do more of these shutdown days. And uh, think about it. We were talking about this today. If, if all 12 of the uh, the, uh, the trespassive, trespassive 12, 12 were, were to get trials, 
Say we lined up 20 people and all of them got parking tickets and they mm-hmm. all took those. Boy, there's a lot of really interesting civil disobedience possibilities that become uh, an option once you get enough people who are willing to take part in that. And putting your car in a parking space for a little while and getting a $5 parking ticket isn't really a huge risk. So even some of the people like Mark, you're taking it to trial and you've got a family. So a lot of people say, well, I've got a family. I, can't I have some questions for the court. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know about this whole... I, it, you're right. I you're not doing civil disobedience. The- Obedience. You're Category. just taking it to trial. You're actually working inside the system, but to some extent, it, it, it almost seems like civil disobedience because it's so unusual. I mean, if someone were to look at that and say, you're taking a parking ticket to trial, it just seems unusual. They'll look at the market. It's five bucks. What the do real mean? reason that I'm doing it is I think that they have a crappy system for enforcement of parking um, in in this town and many towns because they don't have competition in that area. Um, I, I would say most towns have some kind of problem with parking. And if they don't have a problem with parking, well, they have a problem with their downtown um, that needs to be fixed, too. So it's it's because these organizations, the, the municipal organizations, don't have competition that, that the problem Occurs. And in New Hampshire, the right to a speedy trial means nine months. So if they're at five months now... It well, that's wouldn't... because somebody said it at nine months sometime in the past because they were forced to, because it had, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they became so overloaded. So at yeah. some point, it'll, the, the right to a speedy, to speedy trial will be up <laughs> nine months, uh, 90 months, you know, it, yeah. you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe. But again, you know, if for, if we're, the we're system changes forcing slowly, them though. to do something that, do something different than what they are today, mm. and that would mean they would have to uh, give more uh, enticing plea deals or do what they can to to maybe let people out sooner. The bail commissioner bureaucrat asked me why it was that we, you know, meaning the liberty movement or free staters or whatever he was thinking, uh, that uh, why that we why don't we if we don't like the laws just contact the representatives? Oh, because that works so well. Yeah. Have you? Did you ask him? Has he ever tried that himself? He was leaving at that point. I just simply stated that uh, that it, it didn't uh, it did not work. But you're right, Mark. That would have been a better. Uh, Better thing to do would be to ask a question. Ever had a problem with the government and tried to contact your representative? I mean, come on. They're not my representative. I can right. tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I called my representative about an issue uh, as far as medical marijuana, and he's like, no, I'm not voting for it. I mean, how is this guy representing me? I think it's That's pretty it. Simple. I'm not going to do it. I think it's pretty simple to explain that the system doesn't work. Two points. One, you talk to people, an overwhelming, massive amount of people want the government to be smaller. Ask people. Do you think the government's too big, too small, or just the right size? Over and over again, they're going to tell you, too big. I think Harry Brown did it, and 80% said too big. And so you take that, and you combine it. So a lot of people are sick and tired of the government. So where's that representation? Because the government gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you want to get even more explicit, you bring up something like the bailout or something else where people have called so you could say that, well, people may want less government, but they don't call to tell their representatives. If they just call their representatives and tell them they want less government, they get less government. So if they come up with some excuse like that, well, okay, here's some plenty of examples where overwhelming numbers, overwhelming majorities of uh, calls have been for a certain issue, and tremendous numbers of calls have been for a certain issue and or against a certain issue, and the, the bureaucrats pass it anyway, whether well, that's it's the because, bailout or whatever. You know, the, the, when you talk to them um, and, and people, the, their supporters, the statists out there, they'll say things like, well, you know, that was for our own good. They knew better. Right. Uh, the, the, you know, they have access to far more information. This is their job. That decision really populist is above your pay grade. But it, it nails holes right in their uh, their argument. The whole well, just talk to the representatives, and you know you'll you'll change the system. Well, no, 
unless you want to change the system to have more government, you're not going to successfully change the system, at least from what I can tell. Maybe the system people will prove me wrong. I hope they do. I hope the people that are working within the system uh, manage to prove me wrong. I'm not opposed to doing things in the system. I just think that we can have a tremendous effect with 20 people going out and getting a parking ticket. Well, I think that uh, if you I think the idea of the Free State Project was to bring a bunch of people here to originally the idea was to bring people to participate in the political system in a small enough state with enough people yeah. there would be that an effect. The and there has been and there's some there's some great success stories. Um, I was just on the phone with Dennis. But government hasn't been rolled back. I mean that that's true, Mark. You're right. In a They've couple of areas it has. They've stopped some things, but overall, my taxes are going up. So the, the right. point the is the size of government can, itself. Right, yeah. you can make the point that okay, well, we got this program, this program, but okay, my taxes are more now than they were before. So that's the end. That's my indicator. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So most of the taxes here on your property um, come from the town, um, the the city that you whatever man still going up. The state state's still spending more money, as far as what I can tell. It's going to be a long time before you roll back the. Uh, the, the, the they're not the, slashing back. They're not slashing and burning. They're uh, they're increasing pay. They're doing whatever they can to keep their little scam going, and at the cost of everybody else. And it's just it's time it ended. So if you can get twenty people to, uh, I think you can build it right. I think if you can get twenty people in a given political designation, a small one like Keene, New Hampshire, you get twenty. 50 people to get parking tickets you've clogged the courts they can't enforce parking anymore you spread the word that hey just don't pay your ticket see what happens they'll drop your charges you have to go and take it to court there's more coming up here 800-259-9231 not if they drop your charges because they have so many cases there's more coming up bring up anything take control of the airwaves free talk live This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Live, you are invited to bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And all the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. By the way, last week was a record week, at least in the last year for Free Talk Live, uh, the AMP program. And I think it's because we talked in detail on an extended show about how we lost a, a fairly big amplifier and slowly it's, the AMP program has kind of been slowly hemorrhaging cash just for weeks in the past year. It's basically been more people have been leaving the program every week than have been signing up just very slowly by like one or two people. And it has just slowly kind of bled cash out. And, and we had a tremendous uh, outlay of support from our listeners last week, people that had never amped before. Uh, amped up existing amplifiers increased their amp and some people came back who had amped previously so it was really great and i want to just thank everybody who has ever given uh, any money to the free talk live amp program i mean you get things out of it you get the access to the amp only perks like the uh, the amp only call in lines and forum and uh, the podcast and more but i just want to say that uh, thank you very much because it makes a big difference for us 
uh, having that three bucks a month, because that's all we ask for, having that three bucks a month come in from a bunch of people is a, a, a pretty significant marketing budget for this show. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that we reinvest that into this program. That's The AMP program is why this show is on 77 radio stations across the country. And hopefully we'll be uh, getting some more on board here. I've been calling this uh, one of these Money Talk hosts decided to quit his Saturday show. So now there's even more opportunity for our Saturday night show to uh, to get on station. So we'll see what we can, what, what pans out from that. But it's the Free Talk Live amplifiers that help raise the awareness in the radio industry and also online as well uh, through Google AdWords and such that Free Talk Live exists and that uh, we're out here and we're talking about freedom and people want to hear this message. So you can help that happen and get perks. Amp.freetalklive.com. So just kind of recounting some of the things that happened today up here in New Hampshire. Of course, the Free State Project brings you uh, this program. They're one of our sponsors on the show. And uh, a lot of people have made the move. A lot of people, hundreds of people have made the move to New Hampshire. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up. We'll tell you more about that later. But some of the uh, the free uh, free staters... The liberty activists today, because it's more than just free staters. It's a it's a whole movement of people that include New Hampshire natives, and the, there are certain people here in New Hampshire that do not like the Free State Project. They feel very threatened by the fact that uh, there are people who are not just regular folk but activists coming here to New Hampshire in order to get active for freedom. The people that are threatened by this, I speculate to be academics. And bureaucrats and the family members and, and close friends of bureaucrats. That's that's my speculation as to as to who is most likely to be riled. I would imagine and there's upset. probably um, the 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 420 uh, activism that goes on in t- Central Square probably riles a certain uh, religious crowd. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you think maybe that, so? That's the case. Maybe, maybe that's the case. And probably the veterans to some extent are pretty pissed off about the flag burning. I think that there's that. Well, there's also anti-war things, but that's not even uh, a free state event. But the flag burning was. Yeah. I'm just saying. That was a long time ago. So uh, 800-259-9231 is the uh, the number here. But uh, Sam, you moved here uh, a year ago, and we came here three and a half years ago, and it's been just an amazing experience so far. Some some other things that happened today. Some of these liberty activists uh, were out doing the 420 celebration. It was also Topless Tuesdays. Now the <laughs> that's a new thing. It started uh, last week. It's new for the summertime, late spring and, and the summer. And so Topless Tuesdays was today. Last week it was just one uh, lady that was topless. It was Cassidy, the same girl that was arrested last year for doing the very first uh, Liberty Topless event uh, where she was topless and open carrying in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. She was arrested, but it was the only time when the police when – when I've heard the police actually apologize for arresting somebody. They actually apologized for arresting her because they weren't supposed to. It was not illegal uh, for her to walk topless down the street, down Main Street in Keene, New Hampshire. And I think that that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it set a precedent. And so uh, today, I think there were four ladies. I wasn't there to see it, but there was a fo- there's a photograph. Yeah, there is. Uh, out there. And we're probably going to release it online. If I, uh, I talk to the photographer, we'll see about that. But uh, Topless Tuesdays has expanded from just one participant to, I think, three or four. And so it was a nice little increase for the second week. It was cold today, too. It was like in the, the 60s. So I didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah, I got there. At, you know, the, the topless part happened way before 4:20. But at 4:20, somebody mentioned, "Hey, it's it's uh, topless Tuesdays," and you know, there was a girl there that just unzipped her top, and mm-hmm. uh, okay. <laughs> yep. And of course, some guys took their Pretty tops cool. off as well, um, including myself. And it was it was it was awesome. And of course, uh, Sean was there in his cape. And we're going to talk about that uh, here in a moment. But he was there in his cape, and he also had his top off. I guess technically he was topped because he had a cape on. Uh, but nonetheless, 
Rich Paul was arrested during Topless Tuesdays before 420. So they came in with some sort of warrant. He said it was a paperwork thing. I don't have the details on that. But it clearly wasn't anything violent, whatever it was. The bench warrant is what they, what yeah. he said, what the police said. So they take him off uh, to the jail. And, of course, you know that when somebody's in jail, it takes them forever to process. You don't really have to be in a, a rush to get there. And so people just kind of hung out for a few more minutes. They did their 420. And then folks uh, headed out to the jail for you know to get Rich Paul out because he wanted to be bailed out. But while some of the activists were in the uh, the jail lobby waiting, you know that's what you do when you're waiting when you're at a jail. There's a lot of waiting to do as they do their processing. So we're out there and we're hanging out and talking. And another guy comes in, just somebody we didn't know. He comes in, and uh, his name was Scott. He's a local. He was a keen native, and he was looking for a phone call because he was supposed to be there to pick up his son from his ex-wife. I guess they have like in in their agreement. They have to deliver the kids at the police station. So in order to do the the transfer. So he was there for that. She was late. He was trying to contact her and he wanted to use the phone. Of course, the police aren't going to let him use their phone. Oh, you can't come back here. We're going to we'll come out. We'll take some information from you. So we handed him one of the flyers of ours from the police uh, flyer holder thing that they have in there because they've been there for a month. Uh, we handed him one of those, and I said, hey, did, did it feel more authoritative to you when he picked that out of the police's own uh, little flyer area, their the trifold area? And uh, he, he said, hey, what, are you on the radio? <laughs> he recognized my voice because I guess he listens to the show, certainly enough to, uh, to recognize the program. I didn't get into to that detail with him. But uh, D- David, one of the activists there, offered him his cell phone at that point, and uh, the guy went out and, and made a call, and he came back and told us about his situation and, and what was going on. And clearly, he hates free staters, and he just wants us to go away. No, that wasn't the case at all with this guy. He seemed really appreciative that, they, that we were there and listening to him, and you know, he got a phone call, and, and, uh, and he knew who we were. Plus, he actually said he was inspired by us. He, goes, uh, he spent a month... This past winter, in the dead of winter in New Hampshire, standing outside in a nearby town called Troy on the side of the road with a sign for eight hours a day because of this whole custody thing. There's, you know, issues yeah. that, that he's got. And, and he was holding signs about, you know, rights as a, as a parent. And, and I remember seeing that guy. I had gone south to go see Avatar or something <laughs> like that. And uh, I remember seeing that guy and honking and waving at him. And you know, I didn't recognize him when he walked into the police lobby. But when he started talking about that, I was oh, that was you. And so he said that, yeah, he was inspired by the liberty activists here in New Hampshire doing what they do to go out there. That's hardcore, man. I mean, a month, eight hour days in the dead of New Hampshire winter. That's hardcore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It speaks volumes about how he personally feels the, about the way he was treated by the government. I mean, you, you've you got to be pretty, pretty That's, well mistreated yeah. to, to be dedicated enough to go out and do something like that. <sighs> I was blown away by meeting this guy in the, in the police mm-hmm. lobby today. And so, you know, he was nothing but nice and, you know, really friendly. And we had a nice, nice conversation with him there. And so it was a nice, productive day for activism here in uh, here in Keene, because we're out there on the side of peace and we're out there on the side of uh, of ending aggression against uh, against peaceful people and, and standing up for, for liberty and inspiring people. We don't even know we're inspiring. We don't realize the effects of what is happening here, the, the, the activism that is happening here, 
when you're doing the activism, you only see what's happening in the moment. You know, you see the police respond. You see some people standing around the side of the road watching. You know, there, there are very clear, obvious things. But then you just run into somebody months down the, down the line and they tell you, you guys made a difference for me. You, you inspired me to go out and do something. And I think that's one of the points of what the Free State Project is about. It's about bringing people who are willing to do something about freedom to the same place in the hopes that such activism will inspire other people who feel similarly. They don't have to agree it entirely. Has to, it has to be um, uh, to inspire other people because 20,000 people can't take over the government yes. of a state of 1.3 million. Of it course just can't happen. The whole taking over the government thing is almost going to be a moot point because once people progress to the point of having a paradigm shift where they understand that they don't need this aggressive but a violent monopoly anymore, you won't need to take over the government. So it'll be interesting to see how that ends up uh, fleshing out, but looks like there's some really positive signs up here. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour two's coming up. 20 signs that it's a police state. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up absolutely anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us again at freetalklive.com. The features there are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you. For their websites. So you get the webcam, you get the uh, the live streams. We're still uh, fiddling around with the cam here uh, in the studio trying to get the right angle now that we've got a little more option. We've got some more options now, thanks to Sam, for bringing in the uh, the equipment that was necessary to make that happen. Uh, as we mentioned last night, uh, we've got new lighting here. Uh, we've got a, a brand new lens. So if you haven't seen the cam in a little while, it's looking pretty good. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to see that. Cam, by the way, brought to you by memorydealers.com. Coming up, not only uh, will we, of course, talk to you about whatever you want, but right from the top of our website at freetalklive.com, the top story, 20 signs that the United States is rapidly becoming a totalitarian big brother police state. Now, I actually think that it's already a police state. Well, he, he uses a couple of uh, adjectives in there, and I think that... It, 
you know, it, it's sort of a matter of degrees. Depends uh, on where you live, too. If you're in New York it, City. Right. Depends on where you live. Depends on how much money you make. Depends on who you are. And, um, it, you know, so, you know, different. it affects people in a different manner. And that really, it, it sort of begs the question, how do you know it's a police state? And many people's answer is, it's only a police state if it's a police state for me. So I, 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 this is a question that I'm constantly asking well, myself. You know, and I think people have this picture in their mind of of uh, like military personnel with machine guns on every corner that that's how far it has to get to. They have some kind of go to New York City, Hollywood idea. <laughs> well, of, well, right, of because what they believe state looks. Like. They believe that will affect them. They believe that somehow you know having that level would affect them, and it's likely true. But I mean, I, I just I think the movies have sort of put this in their mind that it's not a police state unless it gets to that sort of insane level. And that just because you have police randomly, you know, stopping people for any reason, demanding papers mm-hmm. as they are in Arizona to jail. Yeah. As they're doing across the country nowadays, that somehow that's not a police state in their mind because it doesn't have this exact picturesque thing that they've imagined. And it it always starts small. Like uh, today in the police lobby, when I was with some activists, the cop asked this father who came in to show ID. The father, he said, oh, I don't have ID on me. And uh, the cop took down the the name anyway because the guy just the dad just wanted to have a record that uh, that he was there, that, you know, he was there to pick up his son and his uh, ex-wife was not. So he didn't give the ID, but it's just the little things like, well, they get to ask you for ID wherever it is that you are whenever they want. And people re- just readily show ID, which gets them ready for showing ID in more places. How is the cop going to know that the guy was there if he does, if the guy doesn't prove that he was he who he was, though? I see. I see what you're saying, Mark. And you're I understand. Right. He could have sent a friend down and had his friend say, I'm so and so if he'd wanted to. But I mean, the fact that somebody was there saying I'm so and so the cop wrote that down. And so the guy wants to later when he goes to court, he can say, look, you can check the police logs. This is when I showed up at the I showed up at the right time. She didn't. Sure. I think that was a, I think it was sufficient for for his purposes. But it's just the cops asking for I.D. constantly getting people into that that, that mode. And then, of course, you've got the uh, the airport security after 9-11. It gets much, uh, much worse. It just keeps getting worse over time. People are getting acclimated to that. And so as they move it out, as we've seen them do, and I'm sure maybe they'll talk about this here in the uh, the story. Uh, but as, as we've seen, they're, they're doing them at Greyhound bus stations. They're doing them at train stations now. And so how long is it going to be before they're out in the streets? Oh, wait. They're already out in the streets if you're all along the southern or northern borders. Mm-hmm. So really the question is how long before they start doing them uh, 50, 100 miles north of the southern border? How long before they're doing them in the middle of Colorado or something like that? Time will tell. Well, they they, they can do it within 100 miles of the southern border. It's yeah. more than that. And, That's what I'm saying. Right, something more than that. I know, but I, it, I don't think it was clear. And also it's my understanding that they can do it within 100 miles of any port yeah. and harbor and uh, seacoast, which is is two-thirds of America lives within that 100, you know, 100 miles of you know, all those things. I think what we'll see next is the sort of random checks and so forth expanding out from the big cities. That seems to be the way it's uh, – done in london with the the ring of steel or whatever they call oh, it gosh. where they have all the cameras that'll go into new york city thanks to this uh guy who you know drove his suv in there with they're already talking about it, it. Yeah. yeah i mean they were ready to go with that they're just waiting on the excuse so chicago uh government people want to have the national guard in the streets so yeah. there's that one yep you know and the drones drones flying over the the cities they already tested them in houston
And then, what more do you need to know? A few years down the road, they'll be armed with uh, who knows what. Well, let's see what they uh, they have to say here. This story is from this is the end of the world as we know it dot com, and uh, the story number one. These are the twenty signs the United States is rapidly becoming a totalitarian Big Brother police state. And if anybody thinks this is some sort of an attack against uh, Barack Obama, please. This country, uh, the the United States government, was becoming more police statish throughout the last several right. decades. I don't think it's I don't think it's an attack against the police either. It's more sort of showing how they're fooled too, because I, I didn't believe that it was a police state until I started I you know, putting job. the evidence together. Yeah. Number one, I guess they're going reverse here. A new bill or forward in the uh, normal order. A new bill being pushed by Senators John McCain and Joe Lieberman would allow U.S. military to round up large numbers of Americans and detain them indefinitely without trial. If they pose a threat or if they have a potential intelligence value or for any other reason the President of the United States considers appropriate. Any reason. Number two. And then they do have a a link here, too. All of these are cited. From major news sources, at least so far, the first three. Uh, let's see. So if they pose a threat. Number two, lawmakers in Washington, D.C., working to create a new immigration bill, have decided on a way to prevent employers from hiring illegal immigrants. A national biometric identification card all American workers would be required to obtain. We talked about that one. That's pretty significant. This yeah. is the back door for uh, the national idea. Uh, idea. They're using the hatred. They're using the anger at the so-called illegal immigrants to uh, to pass the national ID card. Once uh, all the workers have this ID card, how far is it from everybody having one? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not a worker in the sense that uh, my job, I, you know, I'm not going to get fired for not having one of these um, from my job. You know, we, Ian and I sort of work together. Uh, how How is it that uh, I'm going to be able to get along? Somebody asked me for this ID card. Some cop asked me for this ID card. I don't have one. Well, don't you work? I got a job. Well, why don't you have one? Like, it's going to be this whole mess. And then at some point or another, it'll just move on up to the seniors because they'll already have theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Number three, Barack Obama is black, uh, backing a plan to create a national database to store the DNA of people who've been arrested but not necessarily convicted of a crime. So just collecting information. Well, hold on. In Texas, I, I, and I think it's happened in other states, they have been collecting uh, blood DNA samples from infants at birth. Lovely. Since I'm sure the, they'll grab those up for the national database. Yeah, now. since the 1970s. So they had mine in there because I wow. was born in Texas. And uh, there was a lawsuit that was just went through, I think, the Texas Supreme Court or something, and they had to destroy all of those. Number four, just to get on an airplane, Americans will now have to go through new full-body scanners that reveal every detail of our exposed bodies to airport security officials. We knew about that one. Number five, if that wasn't bad enough, the TSA has announced that airport screeners will begin roving through airports, randomly taking chemical swabs from passengers and their bags to check for explosives. And we know that uh, they're they're saying that uh, they've announced that they're going to begin doing that. But, uh, Sam, you already had an issue happen at the Detroit airport where they stopped you simply for having a video camera and shook Mm -hmm. you down and searched through your bags. Yeah, and there was a story about them uh, deciding that, well, we can just go back in line and start swabbing people's hands if we uh, feel like it. Number five. Oh, and by the way, uh, people, you can go see Sam's video if you haven't yet. What's the title of it? Uh, Detroit TSA Security Theater. Detroit TSA Security Theater at ObscuredTruth.com. It's his YouTube channel. Excellent. Definitely worth it. It's one of your most watched videos, I think. Yeah, it's, it's up there, certainly. Uh, so number five, oh, excuse me, six. Starting this December, some passengers on Canadian Airlines flying to, from, or even over the United States without ever landing there will only be allowed to board their flights once the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has determined 
they are not terrorists. That's nice. Number yeah, seven. This is the same organization that uh, runs the terrorist watch list that keeps children and little old ladies and nuns off of airplanes yeah, because the t- their names are similar to somebody else who's on there. Right. I mean, uh, heaven forbid they put John Smith's name on uh, the terrorist watch list, right? Yeah, there'd because be 10,000 people that couldn't fly. The toll-free number is eight. Well, there's a difference between the no-fly list and the watch list, from well, what I What would happen if the, uh, John Smith went on the no-fly exactly. list? Exactly. 1-800-259-9231. We uh, will continue the 20 signs the United States is becoming a rapid... Uh, a totalitarian police state. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That phone number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. They include various listening options, live streams around the clock. Our listen lines also available around the clock. You can listen via any phone that can dial long distance. And it's free if you've got free long distance. So head on over to listen.freetalklive.com. You'll also see our webcam as well. Listen.freetalklive.com. Did you know that Taryn Lupo from the LCL Report and Wheels Off Liberty supports his uh, full-time activism by selling Liberty-themed jewelry? Support the ideas of Liberty every time you buy some of his unique swag. He does custom work for just about anything you can dream up. Find his designs at lclreport.com or join his fan group on uh, Facebook. He's going to be live in person at Porkfest, too. So uh, go meet him there or at lclreport.com. So we've got a, a little list of stories here. This is almost really turning into kind of a summary of some of these, some of the stuff we've talked about over the last uh, few months on this program, all rolled into one little 20, uh, 20 signs the United States is becoming a totalitarian Big Brother police state. We're up to number seven. Organic milk is such a threat that the FDA has been conducting military-style raids on Amish farmers in Pennsylvania. That's one that we covered. Number eight, a NY, because, you know, you, you're not free to to actually do anything without the government's permission, for the most part. I mean, you want to you milk a cow and sell it to somebody, you're a criminal. So the FDA has been doing this? I've only heard of uh, state organizations doing it. I haven't heard about the FDA doing uh, milk raids. We can uh, maybe dig a little deeper into that one here in a moment. Number eight, an NYPD officer has broken his silence and confessed that innocent citizens are being set up and falsely arrested and ticketed in order to meet quotas. Hmm. Who to thunk? Number nine. A growing number of police departments across the United States are turning to mobile camera systems in order to fight motor vehicle theft and identify unregistered cars. Meaning more cameras watching you wherever you go. Number 10, for decades, Arizona has been known as the sunset state, but lately many frustrated residents have started calling it the surveillance state. 11 judges and and don't don't forget that when one state government or one city government gets away with some kind of police state action whether it's flying drones above their skies as they're doing in houston or installing cameras everywhere that some bureaucrat is monitoring as they are in new york city or installing speakers so some bureaucrat can yell at you like they are in london just just expect stop 
or I'll yell stop again. Yeah. <laughs> Just expect that stuff can be coming anytime to a city near you. Uh, number 11, judges in pol- and police in Florida have been caught using secret codes on the tickets in the state of Florida. Uh, links to a YouTube video. I'm not sure what that one's about. Number 12, an extensive investigation has revealed that between 2003 and 07, the state of Texas quietly gave hundreds of newborn baby blood samples to a U.S. Armed Forces laboratory uh, for use in forensics databases. And you were mentioning, Sam, that they have been extracting DNA from newborns in Texas for a long time. And other states as well. Number 13, a six-year-old girl, we covered this one, was recently handcuffed and sent to a mental facility after throwing temper tantrums at her elementary school. 14, one 12-year-old girl in New York was recently arrested and marched out of her school in handcuffs because she doodled on her desk. Yep, we read that story. They are handling... In these government schools, more often than ever before, at least so it seems, they're handling situations that they would have used to have handled by calling the parents and calling the principal and that kind of thing by calling the cops. By bringing in some man with handcuffs or a woman with handcuffs to handcuff the child and march them out of the school in front of all of their peers. And doesn't that send a message of course it does. Uh, what message does that send to to kids? Don't mess with us. We're in charge. We're your we're your superiors, and uh, if you disobey your your authority figures, then you're going to be marched out by men with guns, and who knows what's going to happen to you. You know, one of the things that uh, that hurts the most, I think, to bureaucrats is not being taken seriously is being made fun of and laughed at. And Sam, you and Meg are doing a great job with that with the the crap campaign. Uh, you guys have a fun series of videos that you've begun producing. A couple of them have been released where you're having fun with the tyranny of the state. You're, you're poking fun at these people because if you're getting all upset and you're getting all worried and fearful, what's the point of that? It's yeah. working, yeah. Well, that, right, that's what they want. Exactly. They want you to be afraid. Uh, but if you aren't, and if you think that uh, they're ludicrous... And you laugh at them, either by actually laughing uh, at the government people as they're doing their things, as as they do their absurd nonsense, or via some sort of creative method like you're doing. Sam. Yeah, we had that uh, candlelight vigil at one of the police officers' homes, and the cops came out, and we got into a discussion with them. And one of them said, well, we're out here protecting and serving you. What do you mean? And everybody just busted out in <laughs> yep. laughter. It was, it was the greatest feeling because they i guarantee you the cops are not used to people busting out laughing like that all in unison and you know we all just we see that it's so false yeah everybody has that perspective they have the perspective Mm -hmm. to where that is it is becoming absurd and funny uh all at the same time it's still horrific what they're doing in general they're still doing terrible things to people uh but you know if you don't take them seriously and the the laughter also happens in courtrooms when uh up here in new hampshire when you've got an activist filled courtroom they do not like it when people laugh. And in some cases, there are multiple laugh points uh, during a trial, and all they can really do is go, shh, <laughs> you know? I mean, if you were to keep laughing, like bawling, rolling on the floor, they'd probably arrest you. But uh, just a quick outburst of laughter, there's nothing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. And those laughs those laughs show up on the uh, the audio tracks of the recordings that we're making, and it's just great. Anyway, we continue here. Number 15, in Florida, students have been arrested by police for things as simple as bringing a plastic butter knife to school, throwing an eraser, and drawing a picture of a gun. Number 16, that's the zero tolerance, by the way, in case you don't know. They're all across the country 
these zero tolerance policies are just spread throughout the government school system. And like they're saying here, a plastic knife, usually they don't bring the police in to deal with these situations. I mean, this is just the, the escalation of government. It used to be that if you bring a plastic knife to school, they confiscate the knife, you get sent home or you get, you know, given detention or something like that. Now they're bringing in the cops to take people away. So that's that's the escalation of zero tolerance. First it's zero tolerance. Now it's zero tolerance backed by the cops for nonsense. What was the kid that uh, had his like Swiss Army knife? Or what was the guy the the the, uh, the scout? Yeah, there was, there like was a boy scout. Yeah, there was a, an eagle scout, as a matter of fact, that was looking to go it to into West Point. Had a one and a half inch blade pocket knife yeah. in his car's uh, like rescue kit. Who's who is uh, a good enough human being that they have a rescue kit in their car? Period. Right. This kid, this eagle scout, has that somehow or another. Somebody snitches on him to the school, uh, you know, resource. Uh, cop there and and uh, they they come out and they 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 arrest this kid for it. it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous can you imagine i mean you mentioned that uh, th- that he was good enough to have this rescue kit if uh, after they'd taken this knife from him he's driving down the road the next day comes across a car accident and needs to cut somebody out of their seatbelt. oh sorry I'd, they took my knife at school the other day guess we'll just have to sit here and wait for the ambulance you know that kind of thing who knows who knows what kind of a, uh, effect these actions can have how many lives that you don't necessarily see immediately could be harmed by these government uh, restrictions and prohibitions? There's more coming up, though. A few more remain on this list of 20 signs of the United States becoming a totalitarian Big Brother police state. And you're welcome to add yours to the mix. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Plus, coming up, uh, questions from a newbie. Right, Mark? A new listener? Yeah. All right, we'll get to that here in a moment. Your calls as well about anything if you make them. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up absolutely anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you buy. Used items, brand new, you can get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of products. In fact, there are dozens of categories in which you can shop. It's all at amazon.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsfo.com are constantly provided. Freedomspot.com? Freedom Freedom Phoenix. Readers of Freedoms Phoenix are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communication, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. All right, we continue. We'll take your calls about anything. Meantime, we are sharing with you from uh, the this is the end of the world as we know it.com. Very lengthy URL, but not such a lengthy story. They've got 20 different things, 20 signs the United States is becoming a totalitarian Big Brother police state. A lot of these stories we've discussed here on this program over the last, uh, I would say, six months or so. 
And uh, there's a few of them that we haven't uh, we haven't touched on. But clearly, it seems that the uh, the police state, the the militarization of the police is on the increase and has been significantly for the last two, I would say the last two or three decades. Uh, Certainly, it gets worse year after year after year. And so we're on number 16. When a mother on a flight to Denver spanked both of her children and cussed out a flight attendant who tried to intervene, she suddenly found herself handcuffed and headed for prison. Why? She was charged with being a domestic terrorist under the Patriot Act. Wow. That one I'm going to learn more about here. We'll, I'll tell you more about some of these ones that we weren't, we weren't too sure about as we uh, go through. Number 17, a new global treaty may force U.S. Internet service providers to spy on what you do online. I'm sure that's a job the ISPs are really looking forward to is becoming the uh, the agents yeah. of the state. Unpaid enforcers for the government. Yay. You better believe they're unpaid. Yep. Number 18, not that that would make it any better. 18, a leaked Obama administration memo has revealed plans for the federal government to seize more than 10 million acres of land from Montana to New Mexico. I imagine that's for this supposed uh, Texas Transamerica corridor that they're looking at building. Number 19, 56% of Americans questioned in a CNN Opinion Research Corporation poll said that the U.S. government has become so large and powerful that it poses an immediate threat to the rights and freedoms of ordinary people. Number 20, one other recent poll found that 51% of Americans agree with this statement. It's necessary to give up some civil liberties in order to make the country safe from terrorism. So 51% apparently uh, according to, yeah, let's see, uh, well, some poll. Uh, and, of course, we know this, that uh, Americans on one hand will say that the government is too big, as we pointed out earlier in the show tonight. And on another hand, they'll say that, uh, well, they think the government, well, we can't get rid of the government. I mean, it's here to keep us safe. So it's it's too big. And in many cases, people acknowledge that the government is inefficient and bureaucratic and dangerous. And, you know, when it makes a mistake, people get hurt. Uh, and then sometimes even when it's not making mistakes, people get hurt. Uh, but nonetheless, we still need these people here. Right. But that's where shows like Free Talk Live come in, because I don't think people can picture or imagine any kind of alternative to what we have today because it's all that they know. So, you know, it's talking about these ideas, talking about how the the market might handle some of these same situations and do it in a more compassionate and uh, humane way that I think will lead people to to change their minds. Somebody has to get this message out there, and and that's why we need more people raising their voices in whatever way possible, whether it's doing your own uh, radio or television show or YouTube channel or maybe, you know, newsprint's kind of outdated, but maybe newsprint. Uh, running your own blog and, and getting your ideas out there, maybe it means just calling into talk radio. That's also a possibility as well. You certainly don't have to have as big of an investment in uh, in equipment and time. You can just call when you have the availability and you know maybe be a recurring uh, liberty voice uh, on your local talk show. Or airways. just countering the politicians, going to their meetings as boring as they are, mm-hmm. and and standing up and being the one liberty voice in there because it's likely that you you will be. The only one that would stand up and say something counter to, you know, the the sort of uh, in the system solutions that are always presented. Nobody ever comes up and says, wait a minute, why is the government doing this at all? Why? What are you people even thinking here? And you'll be saying things that people are thinking. You'll yeah. be saying the things that people would like to say, like the. Yeah, I get that all the time. I go in and, and usually speak if there's an option to, and people come to me and say, you know, you, you make some really good points. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So it's just putting these ideas in their minds and, and, you know, planting little seeds here and there along the way. 
and you never know what they're going to turn into. It makes a difference down the line. That's, that goes back to something we were talking about before, where we are here in New Hampshire. The activists are moving in. There are more. Somebody's coming here to Keene next week. We had people visiting today. We had them visiting a few days ago. Uh, it's, it's getting to be that time of year where people are here checking out New Hampshire. The Pork Fest is coming up. People are making the move, and that means that that message of freedom is getting out into the community, and not just by us being on the air on Free Talk Live or by you doing ObscuredTruth.com or putting the videos on the local cable access channel. So those are some of the ways they're getting the messages. But as more liberty people move in and start talking about freedom at their workplace or in you know personal lives with friends – They'll hear it in more places. It will become more legitimized that way. It won't just be mm-hmm. those crazy kooks downtown smoking pot. It'll be a bunch of people talking about freedom in a lot of different areas. And this little bit here, a little bit there, it's, it'll become an overwhelming uh, tide, a, a, a tidal wave, if you will, uh, over time. When I first moved here uh, about a year ago, there were uh, reports on the radio about the activism and what they would do anytime they mentioned the Free State Project as they would explain what the Free Staters are and have to, you know, bring mm-hmm. the audience up to speed. They're not doing that anymore because the people know. They presume they know. At least. Yeah, and I think what's happening now is, you know, we, we've kind of established ourselves. People are aware to a great extent of kind of what we're doing. They're not really clear on the issues and They're so They're starting forth. to mention Free Keen more often now oh, yeah. than just the Free State Project, which is our local, at least here in the Keene area, local website. And I think this year we're going to see a lot more of the locals getting involved. I'm starting to see some of them show up at the 420 events, and mm-hmm. they're coming out. And you know, like, the 420 like events are 90 percent locals. Yeah, yeah. Well, but even people from out of town who are just wanting to get active but mm-hmm. have never really had a kind of an outlet or saw any opportunities to do that, or even knew, you know, what what, what do I go and do? How do I how do I take this on? So I think this is the year that we're going to see a lot of the locals starting to get involved, and it's going to really start to pick up steam from here. I know that, uh, and and again, it's it's not just civil disobedience, it's not just non-cooperation, it's also some inside-the-system stuff. Mark, you're te- you're challenging a parking ticket. That's inside the system. It's a little unusual, and I think that's the way the inside-the-system stuff needs to be to be effective. It, I think it needs to be unusual. I know mm-hmm. there's this kind of mentality that if you're going to do it inside the system, you need to wear you know a suit and tie, and you have to go about doing it a certain way. Well, well if you don't like the parking tickets, you can just issue a complaint. You, sh- you need to pay the ticket. You know, all this kind of stuff. This kind of wor- that just, inside just the system stuff is, is it's, it's working, too, um, elsewhere in the state. So, I, I you know, obviously my parking ticket isn't a real good example. Yeah, but, but what I mean by that is to state house. What I mean by that is the go along to get along kind of idea. Hey, don't rock the boat. If you're going to do inside the system stuff, you need to just show up and beg. And I think that there are a lot more things you can do inside the system than just begging politicians to leave you alone. I think that if you take the actions like taking things to trial on a mass quantity, and this actually goes back to something I wanted to, to clarify before, uh, if you get 20 people who take their issue they challenge whatever the you know, parking ticket 20 people go get parking tickets one day and they all say i challenge you know they challenge it so it's scheduled for a court trial having enough of those people doing that will lead them to just drop the charges they'll never even get to the trial or maybe they'll try to sweat you out till the trial and they'll drop the charges because you'll just load up the court system. So if you can get 20 people to go and do that, you might be able to get 50 people to do it eventually. And at, at some point, they're just going to stop ticketing. You put like a free Keen sticker on your car. They just won't give you a ticket. 
I mean, that, that could happen at some point if you have enough people doing disobedience. Good. And then that can build to the next level. Having 20 people and 50 people having that, that kind of experience with that light level, easy level of civil disobedience could take them to the next level where everybody goes to the jail and we have a rematch where uh, last time we were there, 12 people got arrested. It's because there were only 12 people that stuck around. If there were 25 people or 35 people, it would completely change things. And it all begins with you, the people listening to this right now. That's right. When you get up here. That's right. 800-259-9231. Freestateproject.org to learn more about this movement. There's more coming up. Your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. You can get over there and edit virtually anything you see. And while you're uh, poking around on the internet, Try startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine. Startpage.com will get you search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. And with each one of the the results of the search, there'll be a proxy link beneath it, and you can surf that page with complete privacy. It's startpage.com. Normally you have to pay for services like that on the Internet, but startpage.com offers it to you for free. Startpage.com. All right, 800-259-9231. So I did say we would look into a couple of these stories, and I've got them here. Uh, one of them, Mark, you'd said that you thought that the it wasn't the FDA that was going after the Amish, that it was the state governments. Got some details on that one. We'll uh, get to that. Your calls first, though. Josh is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello, Josh. Josh in Montana going once. Josh in Montana going twice. Maybe we'll put Josh back on hold, see if he comes back around. 800-259-9231. The story, according to a few, a few different sources here, uh, the Daily Caller, Food Safety News, uh, PrisonPlanet.com. In Kinzers, Pennsylvania, and this is from earlier this year in February, only a few miles from the scene of the Nickel Mines Amish Massacre of, uh, massacre rather, of 2006, another drama against the Amish began as agents of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration came onto the property of Amish farmer Dan Allgaier without permission, claiming to be conducting an investigation. Agents Joshua Schaefer and Deborah Haney from the Delaware FDA office drove past Allgaier Algier's no trespassing signs and up his driveway almost to his barn where Algier happened to be outside. He approached the car. The agent's He's an Amish guy. He doesn't have anything to do inside. The agents got out and Algier asked them why they were there. They produced a piece of paper. Asked Algier if he was Dan Algier, which Algier confirmed. Asked his middle name and an, uh, middle initial and phone number. I, mean, I guess these Amish folks don't know. I don't know well enough to to not answer these bureaucrats' questions because if they were looking to arrest him for something, he would have been arrested right at that very That's moment. That's not the way they operate. They they operate. Um, you know, they, <laughs> he's going to tell them the truth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in every step of the way. If you don't answer, it's still not lying. That's not the way he sees it. Right. He's he's he doesn't feel he's though he's doing anything wrong. And if they're sure. going to uh, go after him for doing something that is right, then he's suffering for his religion. That's a good thing. 
as far I as see he's where coming from. I think, you know, if they arrested him, it would be an even more outrageous story. So he confirmed that information, and they told him that they were there to do an inspection, started reading the paper to him, saying it gave them jurisdiction to be there. So their piece of paper uh, made it Magic so that they could paper. just trespass. Wow. Right, because it's not trespassing when they do it, because they can do whatever they want, and it's not murder when they do it, and it's not stealing when they do it, and it's not trespassing when they do it. Anyway, the agents, uh, Schaefer did most of the talking, said they had a right to be there because you produce food for human consumption. Say, saying that to the Amish man. Dan asked why they believe that. Does he have that. any proof for that? Dan asked why they because believe that, and they said, well, you have cows. You cannot be consuming all of the milk you produce. Ah, but uh, raw milk is, uh, you know, I know in Florida, if you want to get raw milk, you must buy pet food, um, you know, pet you know, raw milk for pets, and that's the mm-hmm. only way they're allowed to sell it. You can't sell raw mi- milk for c- human consumption. I see. And um, so, uh, you know, once you get it home, who's to say whether or not you consume a small amount of that uh, your, yourself? And Is don't pouring it, it into dog? your own glass then a crime if you have uh, purchased it, it, it for Fido? Be. Just curious. I don't know that it is. I mean, you know, these laws are stupid. Maybe selling and producing it uh, for human consumption is, is bad and wrong, but producing, but consuming it as a human is not. I don't know. Dan said, this is a private farm. I don't sell anything to the public. As they continued, uh, the... Oh, excuse me. There's one other line. They said that uh, you've got the cow, so you can't be you can't be consuming all the milk you produce. They further stated, if you get a milk truck to move all this milk, you sell milk to the public. Therefore, we have jurisdiction. Dan said, this is a private farm, and I don't sell anything to the public. As they continued to harass him about doing an invest- inspection, Al Geyer said, you can sit in your car. I will call my lawyer. The agents remain standing. Allgaier called his attorney, who advised him to have the agents call him. When Allgaier told them to call his attorney, Schaefer replied, You're the owner, and you have to speak for yourself. They pressed him to talk, and Schaefer asked, Are you refusing us an investigation? Allgaier said, That's not what I'm saying. They kept repeating, Are you refusing an investigation? Allgaier kept saying, Call this guy, meaning his attorney. They, uh, he said they must have asked him six times. One of them said, Even if you do not say so, you are still refusing an investigation. Eventually, Schaefer said, if you refused an investigation, or if you refuse an investigation, will you answer some questions? And Allgaier said, I'd rather not. When the agents continued to push him, Dan said, is that a question? Sheepishly, they said, yes. Allgaier said, what did I say about questions? They replied, well, we're going to write this up as a refusal to have an investigation and give it to our higher officials. Dan felt they were threatening him at this point. After that, they got in their car, drove out of the driveway, and parked on the neighbor's property watching Allgaier. A visitor, Ivan, who'd been on the farm, though not part of the conversation, left in his truck soon after, and the FDA agents proceeded to follow him in their car, even when he stopped at a convenience store, to use their facilities. After 40 or 50 miles, Ivan called 911 and told the police he was being followed. The state police and two cruisers pulled the agents over. Ivan was also pulled over. Or, excuse me, Ivan pulled over as well. He said the police told him the agents were exp- explained they were FDA agents and had the right to follow him because they were conducting an investigation on the farm that he left. They thought he had product and they wanted samples of the product. They, they thought he was a courier, a milk courier, basically. Ivan said that the uh, that. Uh, so this is an Amish guy driving a truck. I'm not sure about that. His okay, name maybe. is Ivan. He's a visitor. There, there are new, actually Amish that uh, that do drive vehicles. There's the black bumpers up in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. somewhere. 
they they spray paint their bumpers black because the chrome is just way too uh, offensive, huh? It, it's yeah, too gaudy. <laughs> you can't have a, too too showy. So, but if you spray paint the chrome black, then it's okay. Do they also take the mirrors off their car as I well? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Ivan responded by opening the back of his truck and revealing that it was empty. The agents photographed the inside of the empty truck and gave Ivan a piece of paper, claiming they had a right to inspect his truck. He told them they were harassing him. The state trooper said they had a right to follow and pull him over, but they were in an unmarked car, so Ivan would not have had to have pulled over. As with Allgaier, the agents asked Ivan some information, which they wrote on a paper that they produced and then handed it to him. He then asked them, why are you writing up a paper on me when you have no cause? They say, well, we have a cause because you left the farm. They claimed that he had a load off the farm and they wanted samples. He said, I don't even know who you are. The agent said, you saw us at the farm. That doesn't make any difference. I didn't know who you were. Ivan pointed out that he was at the farm, but he didn't hear what they said. He was 20 feet or more away from them and was not involved in their conversation. He said the police told him they would record the agents had been following him. A spokesbureaucrat for the FDA said they had no comment at this time because it's an ongoing investigation. Isn't that so convenient how they do that? I feel safer. What about you guys? Knowing that this is going on? I mean, yeah. They're spending uh, taxpayer money to keep this Amish man from uh, selling milk to people, which... He claims he's not doing, but or he said he wasn't selling milk to the public, so he may be selling it to his uh, his private friends. Yeah, what what is the public exactly? You know, I the, the only purpose of this whole raw milk thing they they claim it's to protect you, and, and absolutely, milk that's unpasteurized has a higher chance of having contaminants in it than pasteurized milk. It also has a significantly higher chance of uh, having enzymes in it, which are good for your gut. Mm. I mean, yes, milk needs to be collected in a clean uh, manner. If you you know have cow poop all over the place it's not gonna be good for um the milk i mean but my wife and i drink only raw milk currently um and we go to the farm where it's produced and it's produced we know what's that it's produced for pets in this state um humans can you can sell um as 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 i understand it you can sell raw milk oh so it's legal in new hampshire that's correct it's legal it's legal in new hampshire it's not legal but they could still give them trouble um they they sell it in a store could they actually put it yeah they do sell it here in in keen that's great it's good to know so there's a little more freedom in some areas, uh, certainly in, a, in a many areas here in New Hampshire, than compared to other states. And th- this isn't the only story. You know, as you mentioned, Mark, that we've shared a story on these very airwaves about state government bureaucrats also investigating Amish people, harassing them, uh, trying to uh, interfere with them as they were doing a milk deal in a parking lot. I mean, it's like a drug deal. Yeah. Except it's milk. But a, pro- a prohibited product is a prohibited product, is a prohibited product. It all behaves in a similar fashion. Now, it's not very likely that you've got Amish people out there shooting one another over raw milk territory because it's still somewhat, you know, a gray market, right? There's there's not a real black black market in, in most places. Like you're saying, it's legal here in New Hampshire and in the other places it's legal to sell for pets, so there's some ways to get around it so you don't have that same criminal element necessarily coming in. Well, you don't have the prices being driven up by a factor of 10, and you don't have the addicts who have to have it. That's true. There's that too. Yeah, good point. 800-259-9231. But if it were a black market product, the prices would, would be higher. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. The more they crack down, the more the prices go up. Yep. There's more coming up here. And you can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. Hour number three is on the way. Your call's about whatever you want coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live we're launching into the third hour of the program you can take control of the airwaves dial in toll free bring up absolutely anything 1-800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is with us from ObscuredTruth.com. You can go to ObscuredTruth.com to uh, see his videos, Great Liberty Oriented Productions. Again, ObscuredTruth.com, all for free there. So uh, we'll take your calls about anything going to the phones and the fun. Vince, listening in Indiana. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Oh, Sam and Mark and... And Ian, how hey, are Vince, you guys doing tonight? What's, what's on your mind tonight, Vince? Yeah, I was just re- I'm doing my research on jury trials throughout the state and what it requires in each and every state. Okay. Part of our study group for law school because I'm got them too old to be going to school, but I'm trying to be a lawyer. <laughs> but gotcha. All right. But uh, so, what do you want to share? Well, I wanted to share with you that uh, uh, I see the New Hampshire Constitution contains the right of revolution. It does. Uh, Article 10, as it is called. Article 10, and it mentions the free state people there, the libertarian group. I don't think the the Constitution mentions that. No, not the Constitution. The Wikipedia does. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Interesting. uh, (laughs) But, you know, I think, you know, what they talk about, what they've talked about there, I think also Kentucky and Maryland also have this, too. Hmm. Okay. Is that they encourage nonviolent, like you were... You know, you know, talking about the parking tickets earlier. Yes, and talking about mass civil disobedience in the areas of easy things, little things like parking tickets. Yes, and, and uh, it also talks about jury nullification. I'm reading about jury nullification because there's a case in 1895 where a judge in New Hampshire, it's called, the name of the case is Spart et al. versus U.S. because it went to the United States Supreme Court. And the United States Supreme Court ruled in 1895 that the jury said that this man was not guilty of a, a crime of murder. Well, the judge said he was, by, and he took affidavits from people. And, and what the, the Supreme Court said was that constituted the question of double jeopardy by, you know, setting aside the nullification of, by jury, which they, they said he was not guilty. So wait, they set aside the jury nullification? The judge did. The jury came back and said to the judge, this not guy's not guilty. He said, yes, he is. And the judge said he was, and they set aside that. And they set what aside? I'm sorry. Set aside well, the, the verdict judge of the jury. in the case at that time set aside the jury. And then what happened? Was that overturned later on? Yes, it was overturned by the United States Supreme Court because it constituted double jeopardy. Well, good. So that's so, a positive ruling, is essentially backing up. For, 1895, so 
Thank you, Vince, for the share, for sharing that, and thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. Jury nullification, so important. This is one of those inside-the-system things that I think can make a real difference, and it's also one of those areas, like we were talking about earlier on the show, for those that are just tuning in, uh, the, the idea of jury nullification is one of those inside-the-system areas where you're going to have an effect without necessarily knowing you're going to have an effect. At least that's the idea. Because when you're doing jury nullification outreach, you're, you're giving people information, preferably the uh, potential jurors. That's usually, in my opinion, the best way to do it. Um, but you, you get information about jury nullification into people's hands to let them know they have the ability to uh, decide a case based on not just the facts, alleged facts of the case, but how they feel about the law itself. And so you let people know that information and you let them know consistently, as we've been doing here, it's almost now two years uh, here in the Keene, New Hampshire area that we've been doing jury nullification outreach every single time they do jury selection. So we, we zero in like a laser on the exact right people to target with this message. And down the line, we may not ever find out about it. Maybe it's already happened. Somebody could hang a jury. Somebody could uh, could say not guilty and re- result in uh, you know them having to, to run a trial again. And there could be better things that happen over time as more people start to embrace and accept these things. Of course, they do their best to get the most ignorant jurors on the jury. But if you, if you uh, essentially infect the jury pool with a message of liberty, that's, that's got to be a real frustrating thing for the people that are, uh, you know, for the statists that are trying to enforce these bad laws. Yeah, you know, I think the Pettit and the grand jury members ha- hold the biggest promise for change, for, you know, doing something to really stop the system and shake things up. The problem with the, you know, the the New Hampshire Constitution is great. It starts out by saying that, you know, this is all voluntary, right? So you can opt out at any time, Ian. How did that work when you tried it? Uh, yeah, they didn't really want to answer any questions about the uh, the consent clause. Yeah, and I think Lauren Canario used the right of revolution in one of her cases explaining this is exactly what I'm doing, and, and they didn't really seem to care. Well, yeah, you have a right either. to revolution, but we have a right to your money. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the problem is the government that, that you're supposedly revolting against is the one that gets to determine if you can do that or not. Exactly. Well, the thing is, if if enough people do it, then they can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why numbers are very important. All right, we continue. Josh is, well, he was back and then he dropped off again. Have Obviously having uh, phone triples there. 800-259-9231. Mark, you had an email that you wanted to share uh, from a newer listener of the show. Yep. And he's got uh, really some questions for you. So he said... But um, he emailed them to you. Okay. Well, he actually emailed them to FTL at Free Talk. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah, too. I don't go there very often. Yeah, that 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 account's essentially dormant at this point. <laughs> it gets so much uh, so much mail, but we've sort of changed it so that people can. Well, actually, it doesn't them. get that much mail anymore because people are starting to use our website as it was intended. Uh, the idea of the new one, well, the original idea behind the new website was to make it so we didn't have this cluttered email box, and I just need to get back in the habit of of checking. But you know, there's still some stuff in there that I haven't got, just hadn't gotten. It's not a priority, I guess, is what you could say. Yep. So lot going on so um i've not heard addressed though um through ian what do you think the role of police have in this our society i know ian you're not a huge fan but if someone was to break into your house and would you call them for assistance if someone kidnapped your wife or child clearly hasn't been uh, listening that long this would be the fictitious wife or child the the um yeah. imaginary wife or child it was or was to aggress against you. I know uh, it's long odds in, in the quiet. I don't town have an, I don't have an objection to calling the police in on an actual 
case where there's a victim. I, I don't have an objection there. In fact, uh, Sam, you and I today, there's a lot that happened today, Akeen. Uh, Sam and I were just out kind of scoping out some uh, possible options around uh, renting places around town. And there's this really large former Marine who, I don't know what he saw or what his story is, but he has, he's got real issues, real anger problems. And I guess somebody yelled at him from a car to put his shirt, put his shirt on because he's sort of known for sitting around on the town benches, uh, just kind of letting it all hang out and with his, with his t-shirt off. That's fine. I don't care. You know, walk around with your shirt off. Doesn't bother me. I don't know why they put benches in towns anyway. Some people are rude. And they yell. They they drove by and they yelled at the guy. They put a shirt on. Something and, like and that. And that's got to dig at him. You know, hearing that every uh, a lot every day or every week. But if it digs at you, there's a way to respond that's appropriate, and then there's a way to respond that this guy responded. And right. instead of just smiling and waving at somebody, which is how I would handle an insult like that, uh, just to you know, water off a duck's back, you know. But for him, he takes it personally, and he gets up, and he grabs his cane, and he starts yelling and shaking his cane, and then some lady was walking her dog uh, nearby, and I guess he just decided to target her with his anger. She didn't say anything to the guy. She, she just, may have smirked at him or something. Right. So she's just walking by, and, uh, and, and he starts shaking his cane at her, and her dog is scared, and her dog's pulling away, and she's, she, we talked to her later on. She said she was shaking. She was so afraid of this guy. And I don't remember where I was going with, with telling the story. There was a there was a point that I was uh, that I was going to make. Uh, I, I went up and uh, talked to him, and he kind of got in my face. But I just sort of kept he he kept trying to escalate and was bumping into me and saying "Don't touch me!" And da, da, da. I'm like, "Well, you, then you need to stop walking into me, you know, and then let's lower your voice. There's no reason to yell. I'm right here. I can hear you." And then he throws his cane down on the bench, and you know, just keeps doing all of these yeah. threatening things because apparently that's. Somewhere along the way in life, he's learned that, well, this is how I solve problems, is I scare, scare the you-know-what out of people. It was the police. That was, why, that was where I was going originally, because the, the police were called. Now, Sam and I didn't call them, but the, some of the other folks that were there did call the police. And this guy was threatening this lady. He was threatening to attack her. And I didn't hear the explicit threat, but she says he threatened her multiple times. She felt and threatened. She, yeah. He was clearly threatening. And uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem. People, I mean, you're forced to pay for their services. In many cases, they're shoddy, but you might as well. Who else do you have? You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more people's ears around the Internet promote.freetalklive.com
By, by the way, a bunch of brand new banners are available at the Promote page. So we've updated all our banners. They're fresh. They're new. Enjoy. Use them wherever you want. Uh, freetalklive.com. Promote.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to the banners. Mark, you're sharing an email uh, from a new listener named Mark. So continue, please. Right. And he was asking some questions of you about uh, sort of your view on law enforcement today. Because right, he believes I hate cops. Right. Which is not true. I'm a member of the Keene Police Hugging Squad. <laughs> Did I not the other day, Sam, when we were out for breakfast with, with the the, the yep. police chief? Clearly, I hate cops, right? Because I meet with the police chief on you know we're, we're going to start meeting with them on a monthly basis. Yep. We were there for yeah. We had the lengthy discussion on a number of different issues, and it was it was polite. It was uh, I think it was a very positive thing. But I offered him a hug at the end of that uh, that meeting, and he turned me down. I know there are bad cops out there, but I feel as though from the admittedly uh, limited episodes, three weeks or so, that I've listened to uh, your show, you really go out of your way to paint law enforcement as a whole in a negative light. Now, you don't strike me as a person who is physically aggressive in any way, so I'd be interested in your strategy to deal with someone who is. And I guess he's going off, um, he's, he's sort of imagining that for whatever reason you wouldn't call the police under any circumstances at all. I try not to call the police. I mean, you, I have no. I, you have to sort of weigh that because if you call the police to your house over some incident, it may very well be you that goes to jail. There we've is read, that chance. We've, re- we've read those stories all the time, um, and it, it, it just happens. Right, where somebody will get into you know, maybe a domestic incident or whatever, they call the cops over rather than just ironing things out and and you know doing some sort of mediation. They bring the cops over and they think the cops are going to mediate. That doesn't happen. They take somebody away in handcuffs. Yeah, Meg had a friend who uh, had a dispute with his neighbors. He uh, went back to his house. The police came and uh, were talking to the neighbors. While he was in his house, the police just walked in. There was a bong there. They arrested him and took him away in handcuffs. Because the bong made him have an argument with his neighbors, right? Oh, yeah. Right, and there's yeah. story after story of people who believe that like the cops are going to solve their family problems with just kids, not even domestic, not like a domestic violence issue, just an, you know maybe a bratty teenager or something like that. Uh, a little 15-year-old uh, grandson took the car out for the joy a joyride, so they call the cops as though they think that the, you know that's going to help the problem. No, usually they end up arresting people. Now, that's not to say there aren't good cops out there who are, you know, would would look the other way or not make an arrest in that case, use their discretion in an appropriate manner. But, you know, we don't hear about those stories. We hear about the stories where they're aggressing against peaceful people. And so, clearly, if we're doing a show where we're talking about the depredations and the violence of the police and the government in general, and we're not lauding them, and we're not ta- patting them on the back and worshipping them like most talk shows do. You go ahead, listen to any other talk show on any talk radio station, and it's very worshipful towards the police. Right. I think the two biggest problems with law enforcement in the United States today is, A, the drug war, because... A good percentage of the American population has smoked pot and done other kinds of drugs. So that means that a good percentage of the American population are criminals as far as the police policing organizations go. So therefore, it's easier for them to look at everyone as a potential criminal. And I don't think that uh, cops were meant to fill that role in society. Um, I, I think that the 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 second issue is that speed limits are artificially set low by municipal organizations and uh, and even uh, other governing bodies, other, other go- governing corporations, 
to be too low so that the police officers that uh, you know are essentially are armed fundraisers for these organizations have more reason to pull other people over. These are the two reasons, essentially, that Americans are scared to death of police. And if they fixed those two things, then cops would be there to protect and serve, like they say, on the sides of their cars. Well, I don't think it's just the speed limits. I think you touched on it. The issue is police have stopped being peace officers where they're there to keep the peace and and actually help people that are being harmed by somebody where there's real harm being caused and they've turned into these revenue uh, generators for the state revenue yeah. collectors for the state and you know speed limits aren't the only thing of course there's stop signs when somebody sort oh, of yeah. rolls through a stop nobody's there at but 3 the a.m in the morning right and they have all their excuses too i mean it's not like the cops are out there advocating for more freedom they no. could be if they, you know, they, these supposedly yeah. freedom-oriented because cops. Because they're, they're, they're actually incentivized in the opposite direction. The uh, chiefs of police and the, 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 the cop administrators, they know that if they, if they actually advocated for freedom, they'd have a smaller force. Therefore, they'd be less powerful individuals. The people on the force know that if they you know, were, were advocating for freedom, they would be, the, the force would be smaller, and they might be the ones who are cut out. So they, they are incentivized to grow the organization because that way it's easier to do their jobs and uh, get paid more and you know, every, everybody's happy. Absolutely. Except for, well, the citizens. So it's not an anti-cop viewpoint. It's a pro-peace officer viewpoint, I think, is what the show has. It's just that there are so many instances of the police hurting people out there and aggressing on a regular basis and no apology for it. Even, you know, you can point it out to them and it's, well, that's the law. They're not even sorry for doing what they're doing, many of them. Maybe some of them are quietly, but they keep it to themselves. There's there's the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition organization, which is great, but it's made up of former cops. They don't have an iron in the fire anymore. So it's no skin off their backs. They're collecting their pension, and it's not likely that's going to be threatened by them going out and, and speaking out against the, 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 the war on drugs. So, I mean, they should be appreciated for what they do, certainly. Uh, but, man, it sure would be nice if there was an organization as large as LEAP with active law enforcement officers. But they're, they're not only are they incentivized to support the war on drugs and these other programs that are revenue generators, but also the ones that maybe are, are vehemently against the war on drugs are too scared to come out against it. They're afraid that the police chiefs, who are frequently the biggest advocates for the war on drugs, are going to punish them somehow, that there's going to be some sort of retaliation. And it's true. Yeah, I mean, they have their, their blue light gang, as I call it. It's the thin blue line or the, the blue wall, whatever, mm-hmm. you, however you want to refer to it. Aren't you guys working on a blue light gang video with like different footage of them wearing pins and the pants with yeah, the stripe on it? Yeah, we're talking about something, something related to that. But yeah, that, that's the, the brotherhood, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And they, they, if you ask them about it publicly, they say, oh, you know, it's, it's out of respect for the officers who have fallen and the heroes. And, you know, it's all this draped in the flag and glory and and you know for the good of the country but what it comes down to is when one of their officers screws up breaks the law hurts somebody murders somebody whatever you cover for your buddy and you make sure that they don't face the same criminal charges that they're going out enforcing against everyone else this and guy, it's ridiculous this guy you're absolutely right this mark uh the new listener take a moment please go to obscuredtruth.com watch the latest video yeah the newest video when bureaucrats attack is what it's called, you want crystal clear evidence that 
even the good guy cops, because one of the cops that we talked to in this video, the big the big cop, is a very nice guy. He I've is. had a, a conversation with him. I, his name is escaping me right now, William something. Anyway, I had a conversation with him, and uh, it was a pleasant conversation, and he was talking about how, I guess, somebody ran out in, into the road from one of the 420 celebrations and, you know, allegedly blocked an ambulance from, from getting through. I said, you know, I don't support that. You know, we try to keep people calm and, and peaceful and... And I was just making it clear to him, and, and we had a nice conversation. But he was the guy who refused to even listen to what Meg was saying after an agent of the state attacked you, Sam, and your camera, and Meg. He attacked you. You had evidence of it. You approached this officer. You said, I've got evidence. I want to show this to you. He did not care. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, inviting you to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can bring up absolutely anything. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. In fact, if you go and uh, jump into the podcast, that'll take you all the way back to the beginning of 2009. All free for you freetalklive.com and government school is necessary to prepare young people for citizenship after all where else could a curious and creative individual learn how to be a meaningless part of a large and uniform group of dependent followers who are constantly being watched managed and told what to do school sucks podcast is a show about the end of government controlled education you can visit their new website at schoolsucksproject.com make a profile join the forums and help these ideas spread that's schoolsucksproject.com and if you've got a few minutes uh of free time you can go out in the afternoons when the kids are getting out of school or maybe in the mornings when they're coming to school but i'm not going to get up that damn early uh so when they get out of school in the afternoons you can kind of, you can hold a sign out by the side of the road that says school sucks podcast that's what we started doing here in Keene, new hampshire uh last week at the local high school we didn't get to do it today at the middle school but we'll do that soon enough and uh got a real positive response from the students couple of angry bus drivers but a uh, real positive response from the students Meg pointed out today when we were doing that on the on the school building, it says something to the effect of uh, a, a solid education is the foundation of the state. Whoa. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> how blatantly obvious of them. Uh, well, just, not to say that you don't want a solid education. It's just how they define a solid education. Yeah, which right. The fact that they get to sol- to to, uh, to do the, to, the educating means that it, it, it is the foundation of their state. They will solidly indoctrinate you into believing yeah. in, to, in their Absolutely. authority. Let's continue with your calls about what you want. Andrew is in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Hey, guys. Hey, Andrew. What's hey, on your uh, mind tonight? Well... Um, I'm the same guy that called, uh, you know, several weeks, I don't know, so a couple times in the past week or two, uh, I've just been doing a lot of research and reading and, um, really thinking a lot about 
you know, what we can do as a people and stuff like that. And, uh, of course, and that is just studying the roots of where the whole idea for this country came from and, you know, understanding that the people, the immigrants who moved over here were, you know, once they got here, predominantly, um, you know, anarchists in a sense that, uh, you know, there was a tremendous amount of land that everyone could live on. And so people pretty much spread out, you know, as comfortably as they felt like. Yeah, and, they, uh, they had to take care rules. of themselves, really. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, we still, there's still a tremendous amount of land held by the federal government today. And, oh, yeah. Uh, just, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been thinking about is, you know, obviously most people cannot come to grips like, um, I've heard you speak several times about the idea of peeling an onion back. Like, you know, with a lot of people, it's one truth at a time, you know, until they can get to the center. Like, you can't just cut straight to the center and... No, it'll be, uh, it'll be too know. shocking. The cognitive dissonance yeah, will people, kick in too hard. Really, you're, you're 100% correct about that. Um, but I still think that at the same time that there's a message out that the, that the, the, you know, the, the true liberty message has its audience, and so it shouldn't be shied away from. I think that a multitude of messages oh, is important, which is why yeah. somebody like in Mark's position who kind of takes a more mediated stance towards the message of liberty for the purposes of, uh, of uh, exposing the conservative types, for instance, or the, the small government types to the ideas of freedom. You're, you look sane, Mark, compared to somebody like myself or Sam. I mean, just because we're out there, you know, with the the most radical definitions of liberty as possible, somebody who's pretty darn radical all of a sudden seems pretty, you know, mainstream in comparison. And so I think if people are getting a differing liberty, slightly differing in in strength, liberty message in different locations, eventually they'll come along. I think faster. But that's just my idea. Any yeah, other thoughts? Well, um, yeah. On that on that note, so um, just. You know, as I've come to uh, just keep reading about the founding principles upon which, uh, you know, those who created the, originally drafted the Constitution lived by, um, you know, a lot of those principles were tied into uh, uh, guys like John Locke and in, in the idea of the natural law and, uh, you know, the idea of inalienable rights mm-hmm. of life, liberty, and property, as he put it. And um, basically, you know, I, I found this website out there called justiceharvard.org. And, Justice um, Harvard? Yes, dot okay. .org. And, um, you know, it's this guy who I guess has been lecturing at Harvard for a long time, and it's, you know, it's Harvard's, you know, it's, it's when you go through there, it's like a series of free lectures from their ethics board basically i don't know it's kind of like the the ted things where they they bring in different folks to talk on certain subjects um not exactly this Hmm. one is uh the same guy he's been lecturing there for a long time and he just hits on one idea after the next well in the i think it's the fourth week or the fourth lecture in he starts talking about libertarianism and going into all these arguments against um you know, the idea of libertarianism and John Locke and stuff like that. And so this isn't the guy arguments. from governmentisgood.com from Mount Holyoke College? It's another anti-libertarian professor? No, 
um, this particular guy, I'm not in front of my computer right now, but I think his name is like Michael Sandel or something like that, or okay. Sandel. He probably says it to sound official. And so, so stuff, you're but, saying um, this is a hit piece website on uh, the ideas of freedom in some cases, in some of the videos? Um, so to speak, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much a, a website dedicated to like, um, how they teach ethics and stuff at Harvard, you know, and just, I think, to get people so to So what is unethical ideas, but... in his mind about uh, the ideas of liberty? Because it's, it's likely that he kind okay. of believes the conservative view of libertarianism, which is kind of the, the more popular definition of libertarian now, and I think that's unfortunate. It's not the real, in my opinion, definition, but whatever. We can't really, I don't know if we can rescue it or not. But the idea right. that uh, that you know, libertarians are cold-hearted, uh, that they hate charity, you know, that they hate helping people, that kind of thing, is that what he's uh, he's expressing? Well, the um, it's interesting. At the end of the fourth, um, at the end of that lecture, he says that there are four, um, you know, problems or uh, you know objections to libertarianism, and he raises them, and pretty much they all have to do with the idea of your property. Um, Basically, that your personal property. I just think it's, and, and let me preface it with this: is that I just think it's interesting that what the people who pay the elite amount of money to go to an elite college are learning about libertarianism. You know what I'm saying? So, and what are the things he says? Going out in the world, thinking that they have the elite understanding yeah. of this concept, and it's just fascinating. What are his? Me. What are his and, four things, though? I mean, we need to get to that. Okay. Well, yeah, they're they're uh, principally rooted in the fact that um, one of the uh, case studies that's brought up is that, you know, um, Michael Jordan made like 30-something million in one year. So um, it's the idea that the, uh, you know, that the majority could rule that um, they demand a portion of his earnings to support themselves and blah, blah, blah. And I got to think about it. And I was like, you know, that's true. How that, is that an objection to liberty? I'm that, sorry, how is I that know, an well, but here's Yeah, yeah, but here's here's what I got to thinking about it is, that you know, I understand. Well, because John Locke is like the founding. Is it just me, or does this call seem a little disjointed? Yeah, you're, you're, you're going off target. Tell us the. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I w- let me see if I can if I can bring it all together here. You better do it in 20 is seconds. That, okay, is that John Locke is was like one of the preeminent um, philosophers that the uh, founding fathers read in con- in um, coordination with like Cicero and some other guys from the ancient. Uh, realm in the idea of this, uh, you, that everybody has inalienable rights of life, liberty, and property, and that part of your property is your labor, which is your wages, that the uh, that you have explicit It's, it's all very academic, answer. and I wish we had more time to talk to you about it, uh, but maybe you can make some notes next time and so you can stay on track, because it seemed a little disjointed. It was hard to follow. I apologize. Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Thanks. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, there's enough time for your call. 
at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, you can help the show out. You can uh, you, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can become an amplifier. Amp.freetalklive.com. Join our Facebook profile, facebook.freetalklive.com. Of course, you can just go to news.freetalklive.com, sign up for our updates, get our Twitter. I mean, there's all, all sorts of stuff to do, and it's all free at freetalklive.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. I don't know if we were uh, compassionate enough, tactful enough with, uh, with Andrew there in South Carolina. It's not easy calling talk radio. And in most cases, you're going to get screened out. If you can't get to the point, like with a call screener is going to ask you, in most talk radio uh, call screeners are going to ask you exactly what you want to say. If you can't get to the point, then you're probably not even going to get on the air in the first place. So, number one, we break the rules of talk radio by letting anybody on the air. And sometimes that means we'll let somebody on the air who's just not focused or maybe is a little nervous or a lot nervous. And I don't know how nervous he was. I didn't ask him that. I didn't ask him if that was one of the factors. Maybe he was just, you know, feeling a little flighty tonight and just you know, going off on different tangents. Well, he had a lot to and, say, and he didn't right. have much time to get it in. Well, he had something to say, and then studying he, a lot. Well, he had something to say, and he kind of went off in different directions as he was trying to uh, to get to the point. Which is why, in many cases, when I call talk radio, I will make notes of the things that I want to uh, to get most importantly, because usually you can pretty much expect you're only going to get a, a minute or two on most shows. This show is, again, unusual in that we will delve in. We will do our best to try to understand what it is you're saying. If I don't understand what you're saying, I'll say so. I, I'm, I'm not going to patronize you. I'm not going to pretend like I, oh, okay, mm, you know, okay thanks for the call. I'm not going to <laughs> do that. I want to know you called in for a reason. It must have been good good enough for you to pick up the phone because we've got – you know, half a million listeners every uh, every week on this show across all the country, across the 70-plus radio stations, and only a percentage of a percentage will actually pick up their phone to call in. So there was something that, uh, you know, that motivated whatever it is you were calling about. And I want to find out what that is. Yeah, you know, I make notes, too. It certainly helps me uh, sort of coalesce my thoughts into clear, distinct points. And uh, at the same time, those, you know, sometimes calls go well, sometimes they don't. It's just something that gets better with practice, and uh, I hope he calls in again. Yeah, absolutely. And let's continue with the calls. David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, the Sam and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, David. Hey, David. It's on your mind. Um, This is what was on my mind. Somebody earlier mentioned something to the effect that they didn't like the fact that you all didn't didn't put the police in a, you know, less than glowing light type of thing, and they didn't like that? Right. We did not put the police in a less than glowing light, and they did not like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. You, all, you all don't talk to them in, with reverence all the time, right. as, as most people do. But that, I, I venture to say that a lot of those people haven't had very much contact with them. If it was, it was very brief. Absolutely. I, <laughs> you know, um, but 
but um, so one thing I wanted to say was I think many of the police, I think a lot of them really have bad attitudes, and I think they would be it would be much more effective if they could learn how people skills better at the police station. I, I don't know if it's if it's a bad attitude that they that a lot of them necessarily have. I think. Um, they believe in their authority, and when you do something hmm. or say something that challenges their perception of their legitimacy, of their control over other people, of their authority, and that you know they're right about all of the things, about the laws, about the way that they see the world, when you present something that challenges that, they, they respond sometimes with anger. Right. And one thing they, one thing they all, I think they've been trained this in the police department, too, is react with the you know they have this thing where they have to react with the most force because they you know they have to think of it in the light of the worst case scenario yeah, well, even they're... even if you're just you know this you know Right, yeah. you could be carrying your lunch in a sa- in a sandwich bag. However, it could be a b- a b- bomb full of anthrax, <laughs> and they're trained exactly. to come in and and take control of the situation, slam you on the ground or something, you know? then figure out what's going on. I've had I've, this is my experience. I know everybody hasn't had this experience, but I've I've, I've I'm more afraid of the police than I am of any criminal. Absolutely. In this whole Absolutely. And some of them are, you know, they're not all thugs. They're not all likely to to uh, to do harm. In fact, I would say in New Hampshire, they're a cut above. They are more yep. likely to uh, to be a little more nice when they're going about the process of kidnapping you. <laughs> but, you know, the re- reality still stands. That's what they're doing. And I'd be the first person to laud the police if all they were doing was really stopping real criminals. If the, if this police chief uh, in this town, decided, okay, that's it. No more enforcing the war on drugs. We're not going to be pulling people over for doing anything but real dangerous driving. None of this speeding ticket and this rolling through stop sign nonsense. This garbage that they're using for fundraising. If they were just actually out there investigating real crimes with real victims, I'd be the first person to say, man, Keene's police force is awesome. We've got real poli- uh, peace, uh, peace officers here in Keene. They're out there keeping people, they're actually keeping people safe. And I would, I would be a, I would be a supporter, but they don't do that, and they're not even advocating uh, doing that. Well, but they have taken steps in that direction. I mean, they are leaving. I think we ought to give them some credit. They're leaving the 420 events alone That's unless true. they get a complaint. We're seeing the same thing from some of the other when we did the uh, 420 event in Concord. The officer was was you know happy to to go through the crowd and arrest people if Brad wanted to go and point them out. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, absent a complaint from a citizen, they're like, "No, nah, we're just going to ignore it." You're which... right. There are some things that they do that certainly, as I mentioned, you know, they are cut mm-hmm. above. They're nice, the nicer group of folks, and and they can't do the arrest because there's so many people That's at this true. point. You know, it's it, and they didn't like it very much when they arrested Rich Paul, and then uh, what, forty people went into their police lobby and smoked up. <laughs> And the day before, when they arrested uh, somebody else, they, that uh, a bunch of people sat in a circle outside their police station and smoked up. They didn't like that very much because it didn't take them seriously. They, they wanted to they wanted to come in, swoop in, arrest somebody, and have it all dissipate. They wanted you it know, all to go away, but it made it worse from their perspective. And so mm-hmm. they've learned their lesson, basically. And I don't know if it's so much as them choosing to do the right thing as out of necessity choosing to do the right thing. You know, one thing that I think – I think you guys – serve a very good purpose with your show and your numbers 
to keep the police in this town in line because I've known and I've known a few people who have had very bad experiences. Well, cameras cameras serve that purpose of you know you shine the light and they they clean up their act. It's, it's one of the best things that could happen. That. I mean, it's nice having liberty activists here in Keene, but we're not to the point that the strength to the funding where we can send people out to arraignments and and you know on a regular basis and reach out and you know like pay people to take things to court and stuff like that. There's some neat things that we could do with more people and more funding. Uh, but at this point, one of the most effective things that I think could happen would be for average Keniacs and people around the country in general to arm up with a cell phone that has a video camera capability, ideally a smartphone with quick if you're going to be doing activism, especially a smartphone with quick.com, QIK.com to allow you to hit a button uh, and, and, and instantly record the scene and transmit to the Internet. If more people started arming up with so the, very the least... police can't destroy it right there. Exactly. <laughs> and like I did at, at, in Detroit, I let them know, hey, I'm, I'm not recording you. I'm, I'm broadcasting this. There are people watching this right now as it uh, streams in. You know that does something in their minds. Oh, yeah. So, oh, boy. Better be careful. <laughs> it's live television. Yeah. Even if it's not true, you you don't have to tell them the truth. You could just say you may be being broadcast right now. You can if you want to jump around, you could, or you could just simply say I'm broadcasting live. And you could just be sitting there with a regular video camera. What the hell do they know? They don't know you know what model camera you're using and what its capabilities are. Do they just let them think that you're broadcasting to the internet? Just to, anything to keep them to behave, boys. Behave. Glad you're out <laughs> you know there. Appreciate I mean? the appreciation, and thank Sorry. you, uh, David. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231 is our number. Mark, you look like you're ready to know. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing for you, man. Well, hey, you know, I did find the story about, because uh, my, my other question was, they, there was a story earlier we mentioned briefly about a mother who was allegedly charged with terrorism for spanking her child on an airplane now i do not agree with spanking but it's not terrorism um and i've got the story it's actually from the la times because the original source looked kind of questionable i dug a little further i'll make a note try to get to that tomorrow night we're out of time for tonight it has been ian here with you and sam i am and visit good night and good night uh visit sam at obscuredtruth.com visit free talk live at freetalklive.com we'll see you tomorrow night and good night indeed Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.